The Memphis Grizzlies continue to have issues away from home, away from the friendly confines of FedEx Forum. The 11-game winning streak is over. A two-game losing skid has begun. How that happened in very different ways against the Los Angeles Lakers and against the Phoenix Suns. And what to look forward to in their third game in four nights taking on the Sacramento Kings tonight. Oh, and did something happen with a former NFL football player in Dylan Brooks? We'll talk about all that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Grizzlies, a proud member of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I am your host, Joe Mullinax, for this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Flying solo, DeMichael Cole is out and about getting ready for covering his third game in four nights. He is on the West Coast, the best coast, depending on who you ask. Not me. I think the West Coast is terrible. But lots of people enjoy it. And he is out there covering Memphis for the commercial appeal. He will be in attendance against the Sacramento Kings. He will be back with you. I will not be with him because I'm going to be honest. I enjoy my sleep and I'm not going to be able to stay up that late on the East Coast. Uh, West Coast wise, DeMichael will be with you for Tuesday's episode talking about his trip so far. Of course, the Grizzlies play the Kings tonight. We'll talk more about that and all of those fun things later on in the show. Uh, but first things first, before I get to the actual basketball, unfortunately, we have some nonsense to address uh, when it comes to what happened in Los Angeles on Friday night against the Los Angeles Lakers. The Grizzlies had a tough loss, which again, will address the actual on-the-court interests momentarily. Uh, but Shannon Sharp of Fox Sports Undisputed, uh, he and Skip Bayless host that program. Uh, and you might know Shannon Sharp if you don't, which apparently Dylan Brooks does not know Shannon Sharp. Uh, he called him a pedestrian, which is funny. Uh, and then he also called him a blogger, which is less funny. Uh, in my time uh, over at SB Nation and fan cited, um, you know, I, I don't know why I'm catching strays, Dylan. Not very kind of you, but I digress. Um, it's not about me. It's about Shannon Sharp and Dylan Brooks chirping back and forth. Shannon Sharp, for those of you that don't know, very avid fan of LeBron James and LeBron James is at worst, the second or third best, I would say second best player in the history of the bas of the game of basketball. So if you're going to be a fan of somebody, LeBron James is a pretty solid guy to be a fan of. Plus he does a lot off the court, blah, blah, blah. Dylan Brooks was defending LeBron James and did a pretty admirable job, but Shannon wanted to point out that Dylan was struggling at the time, which, you know, LeBron James is pretty good. Every once in a while, he's going to get a couple buckets on you. Dylan did not appreciate that. And they, again, chirped back and forth. As the half ended, John Morant got involved. T. Morant, John Morant's father, got involved. Perhaps most importantly, for the safety of Shannon Sharp, Stephen Adams got involved. And Stephen Adams, I don't know if you've ever been around uh, the, the big Kiwi, Steve-O, as he's become known in Memphis. He's one of the largest human beings that I've ever been in the presence of. 
And while Shannon Sharp stays in remarkable shape, you know, he's in his mid-50s, Stephen Adams is 29, that'd be a pretty short fight, in my opinion. I think Stephen Adams would have won, but it wasn't really going to be a fight anyway. It was a bunch of trash talk that kind of went over the edge and probably became more promotional tool for Shannon Sharp and Undisputed uh, than anything. So why am I bringing all of this up? Well, it, it set the internet on fire, uh, DeMichael's tweet about it, because remember, DeMichael was in the building there, uh, whatever the Lakers call their arena now, I refuse to say it out loud. He was there at the Lakers home game and he saw it happen. He took a video. He got millions of views on Twitter. So at DeMichael C, uh, if you don't already follow him, you definitely should, uh, not just for his ridiculous videos of sports celebrities yelling at our Grizzlies, but obviously DeMichael has tremendous content coming out over the commercial appeal. I bring it up because... It is evidence as much of anything as anything that the Memphis Grizzlies have arrived. And I wrote about this over at SB Nation NBA uh, today. You should go check it out. When you are hated upon for a variety of reasons, some of which are valid, some of which not so much, and people take the time out of their day, out of their busy schedule, all the problems and things that circulate in their cerebellum going up into their limbic system, whatever part of the brain you want to dissect. They are spending valuable energy concerning themselves with the events and activities of the Memphis Grizzlies. That has never happened before in the history of the Memphis Grizzlies franchise. Even during grit and grind, the peak of that wonderful era that I became a follower of this organization during over 10 years ago now, it gets its start. Even when they were going to the Western Conference Finals, even when they were having some success comparable to or greater than, in the case of playoff advancement, what this current John Morant-led era did. They were not talked about like this. They were, you know, Zach Randolph said that in, on my block, bullies get bullied. That's cool. And you moved on. Tony Allen kicks Chris Paul in the face. That lasts a little bit longer. But still, meh, moving on. That was funny. Ha ha, Tony Allen. Now, the Grizzlies, not necessarily daily. They're not at that level yet. It's not LeBron. It's not the Warriors. They're certainly not on that plane. But they're closer than they've ever been to being a target of attention and a target of conversation. Like Shannon Sharp will likely bring up on his television show what happened at the game on Friday. He'll probably talk about how Memphis has lost two games in a row, which, again, that did happen. Like, that, that occurred. Not disputing that that happened. Uh, and we'll talk about the on-the-court impacts here in a moment. But they're going to be on national television. The Grizzlies will be. They'll be talked about it. They have more national games than they have ever, essentially, in, in the history of the franchise. They are doing things that are getting more attention, good and bad. The dances they do before games are being mocked at this point. Uh, somebody tweeted out about, and it's in my article over at SB Nation, um, you know, the Grizzlies, John Morant, Dylan Brooks getting ready for the second half against the Suns. Memphis played terribly in the first half against Phoenix. And it was, I think it was a scene from like high school musical with Zach Efron dancing and singing about getting into a fighter, turning things around. It, it was funny. It, it's, it's good hearted and good natured in a lot of cases, but it's also not in others. It, it's genuine disdain for the Grizzlies. And I think that it's, like I said, 
evidence that they've arrived just as much as anything else. Obviously, they have won a ton of basketball games in the last calendar year going into 2023. They've lost two games over this past weekend. Before those games, they had won the previous 11 best winning streak in the NBA at that time. So everybody wins and everybody loses. The Denver Nuggets lost on Sunday night to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nobody's going to go out and say the Denver Nuggets are cooked or they're not going to make out, make a, uh, make fun of Nikola Jokic. They're not going to, you know, mock those guys because they don't carry themselves in that way. And it's fair to point out that the Grizzlies do open themselves up to not necessarily being made fun of, but being the topic of conversation, being the butt of jokes at times, when you say that you're all right in the West or you're good in the West, and then you lose two games to teams at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff picture, Phoenix obviously won't be there long, most folks would assume, as they get healthy. But the Lakers are still very much in the play-in conversation, not the playoff conversation. They are a game outside of the play-in as of this recording. So it's not like... These are games that, that that Memphis is expected to, to lose. They should have won, especially the Lakers game on Friday. But you look at the way that it's gone for them and the success that they've had, a lot of it is tied into their youthful audacity, the way that they carry themselves, the energy, the dancing, the celebratory post-game interviews. It all has helped establish what the standard of the Memphis Grizzlies is. And you don't always live up to that standard. That's life, right? That's each and every one of us every single day. Some days are better than others. We're successful. We're failing. We rise. We fall. We break. We grow. That's all of us. And we have to keep in our perspective that this is one of the youngest teams in the NBA still. So they're having success at a level that most young teams don't have. And they're doing it in a way that a lot of teams don't do it. That is going to open you up to criticism that's going to open you up to jokes. And when things aren't going well, the haters will uh, will come out in droves and point out uh, how you're not doing so hot in that moment. So to have haters is in and of itself a sign of arrival in terms of success in life. So in a roundabout way, Shannon Sharp, thank you for giving the Memphis Grizzlies the compliment of being worthy of being hated on. Uh, they are welcome, I guess. They, they're they happy to have your, uh, your to have your attention. I don't think the Grizzlies really actually care about that, but I can assure you that the fact that they are being noticed is worth taking note of and then probably moving on from because it's not going to help the on-the-court product. Speaking of the on-the-court product, the Grizzlies lost two games over the weekend that had nothing to do with Shannon Sharp. We'll talk about how that happened next here on Lockdown Grizzlies, but first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. Hopefully, uh, you know, there is NFL football over the weekend. Obviously, the basketball of the NBA is heating up. Hopefully, you made some selections over at Prize Picks. Maybe you took Luka Doncic to score more than 26 and a half points in a game. Maybe you took LeBron James to have more than seven and a half rebounds. Hopefully, not against the Grizzlies. Uh, maybe you had KD to have more than 6.5 assists in their game against the Warriors on Sunday night. Lots of different ways that you can play prize picks. It's a lot of fun. You can pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you against the projections that are available. Prize picks offers projections on basically any sport that you watch, from the NBA and NFL uh, all the way to cricket and European basketball. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy with safe and fast withdrawals, and they're currently operational in over 30 states 
as well as Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Back to on the court issues next here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Mullinax, flying solo this time around to Michael Cole in and out of airplanes, traveling, globe trotting with the Grizzlies. Uh, he'll be back with you on tomorrow's episode to talk about his adventures so far. And of course, the Grizzlies Kings game, the third, or excuse me, second game, second game of a back to back um, would be the accurate way to describe it. I think I called it the third game in four nights earlier in the show. I stand corrected on that. They played the Lakers on Friday. They have the uh, Suns Sunday and then the Kings Monday. So forgive me, I'm not a math teacher, but I think I am, in fact, correct. That'll be the third game in four nights. So a busy West Coast swing, nonetheless, regardless of the amount of days uh, in between games. And I think that the, the fascinating thing about the two losses for the Grizzlies against the Lakers and the Suns is how different they were, at least in my opinion, how different they were. Uh, one was a collapse. On the Grizzlies side, the Lakers game was a collapse, and the other was a loss on the Phoenix side in terms of playing just an atrocious first half of basketball and then storming back to get it in within two points at the very end and not being able to finish things out. Uh, we're not going to go up and down the numbers here, but I do want to point out a couple of things from both games. First, in the Lakers game, again, Memphis was up by seven or eight going into the final frame, and the Lakers posted a 41 spot, 41 points in the fourth quarter to beat the Grizzlies by one in Los Angeles. A tough outing for the Grizzlies and a tough shooting night for John Morant. It was something that uh, was very noticeable, the way that he was not able to put the ball in the bucket. 22 points on 29 shots. That's just not going to get it done when your best player is that inefficient. You had guys like Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones combined for 40 points off the bench. That helped them compete there and hold it together until those last moments. But Jaw was 9 of 29. Bain was 6 of 15. Dylan Brooks, who we'll talk more about, and we talked about him a little bit in the previous segment, uh, 4 for 17 against the Lakers. Not a good showing. He only had 9 points on 17 shots. He's extremely important defensively. He is the Grizzlies player most connected to winning, <clears throat> excuse me, over the last few years. In terms of on-off numbers, he can be ice cold at times offensively, and that really impacted the Grizzlies in this particular contest. 31 minutes on the floor, a minus 11, the worst numbers in that category against the Lakers. Considering he had the task of trying to hang with LeBron, you'd hope that he would have a couple more made buckets, and maybe that would have made a difference. So Dylan also fouled out uh, with his uh, terrible shooting night. So. Not the best effort from Dylan against the Lakers. And it's not like it got that much better against the Suns. Dylan was four for 11, so it did improve upon what he did against the Lakers. But he was still a minus six. He was the only Grizzly starter that was worse than a minus one. Uh, John Morant was a minus one. And again, single game plus minus is an iffy statistic. Uh, but it does show you in that individual game what occurred while that player was on the floor. 
And Dylan did not impact winning the way that he has done to this point against Phoenix. Now he came out and Michael wrote about this over the commercial appeal and others have reported about it. He talked about the issues that he had with the defensive calls of the officiating and not really looking fairly at him trying to call fouls against him. Dylan had five against Phoenix, putting him in foul trouble. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I do know that Dylan Brooks plays a very physical brand of basketball, and obviously that can impact things uh, in terms of having a whistle blown on you. But Dylan had six fouls on Friday night. He had five fouls against the Suns. Is that why the Grizzlies lost? No, but I do think in these two games, it shows the level of physicality that Dylan played with, and it showed how close the whistle was. Dylan does get up on his uh, his player that he's guarding. He uses his hands sometimes. He uses his lower body a little too much sometimes. But I don't know that that's the reason why the Grizzlies lost this particular contest. They lost against the Suns because they had terrible effort. They had the worst first half of the season, in my opinion, especially offensively. They only scored 37 points in the first half against Phoenix. It was 62 to 37 at the end of the first half. Memphis outscores Phoenix 35 to 25 in the third quarter, 38 to 25 in the fourth. So kudos to the Grizzlies. And that was one of my biggest takeaways from the weekend. They lose in disappointing fashion to the Lakers. They collapse. They were up, like I said, seven or so entering the final frame in LA and they let the Lakers come back here. They were down by 29 points at one point and they were able to scratch and claw and scrape and make that game look a lot more competitive than it actually was in for the first half, especially. But even into the third quarter early on, Memphis didn't storm out of the gate particularly strong. It was the last 10, 22 or so minutes of the half where Memphis did a vast majority of their damage. John Moran had a much better game against Phoenix. Desmond Bain had a better game offensively. Uh, you saw them compete better uh, in, in the starting backcourt, especially in that second half. They responded well. My biggest takeaway from the Phoenix game outside of that, Zaire Williams. The best Zaire Williams game of the season by far to this point. A plus five uh, in the game. Really strong showing in that area. He was three for six from beyond the arc. He had five rebounds. I'd like to see him you know, create a little bit more. We saw some summer league reps where he created off the dribble and ran some point guard. No assists in this game, but 26 minutes, most of any reserve player. He has to be in that same area, that same tier as Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark for the Grizzlies to truly be a championship contender. And I don't just mean that in terms of minutes played. I mean that in terms of productivity. We haven't seen it consistently. This was one of the first games that you really looked and said, oh, there's the Zaire that they're betting on. There's the guy that makes you know trade rumors with the Raptors and trade uh, ideas with the Pacers. None of those exist with the Grizzlies. Every time, you know, Mark Stein, Jake Fisher, all these different folks that cover the NBA, you know, Shams uh, over at uh, The Athletic, obviously Woj at ESPN. These rumors come out and the Grizzlies aren't involved. Now, they're pretty tight-lipped in their front office, but at the same time, a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are probably happy with where they're at. You know, I've said time and time again, they're unlikely to make a trade. They haven't made an in-season trade in about three years now. I don't know that this is going to be the time that they do it either. They clearly believe in Zaire Williams, and he made Zach Kleiman, the GM of the Grizzlies and company, the front office, look pretty smart in this one. So as bad as the first half was for the Grizzlies, the second half was that good. 
It was extremely impressive that they were able to fight back. They didn't lay down, especially considering it was the first night of a back-to-back because they play the Sacramento Kings tonight. And they didn't just sit, punt the game and say, we'll worry about Sacramento next. They tried to get the win. They did their very best. They came up short, but they competed hard, and that is promising to see. The second half of that back-to-back is coming up. The Sacramento Kings are the team that the Grizzlies are going to be facing off with. We'll talk about that game next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, very happy to announce here on Lockdown Grizzlies that we have a brand new partner here at Locked On. They are the number one sports book in America. Excuse me. Excuse me. They are FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. And if you're new to FanDuel, that is even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports online fun and easy to do. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's right. You heard me. You just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads and player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Maybe you could have bet on the Grizzlies, and maybe you don't like how that ended for you. I believe Memphis was favored in both games, but maybe you bet on the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe you bet on the Philadelphia Eagles to dominate the Giants in the NFL, and you're feeling pretty good about those bets. That all happens on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So sports fans, football fans in particular, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, to help in the NFL playoffs as the conference championships come at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. We'll talk Grizzlies Kings next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone, to Locked On Grizzlies. I am your host, Joe Molinax, once again, flying solo because the Michael Cole is out and about with the commercial appeal gig that he has as the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer. He's literally on the West Coast getting ready for flights, going to Sacramento to cover this game that's happening tonight against the Kings. He is a busy guy, but he's going to make some time in his very busy schedule to talk with you on Tuesday's show. Very excited for that. Excited for him to be back on on Tuesday. And then hopefully for Wednesday, he and I can sync back up uh, with all his craziness and all his travel. And we can uh, we can have a duo program once more. Coming out of the tough losses at Los Angeles, at Phoenix, going into a Sacramento game that don't look now. I think I've, I've been a, a hater of the Sacramento Kings, although I love Light the Beam. I think that's a lot of fun. The Kings are the three seed in the Western Conference as of this recording, which is pretty remarkable to say out loud, but it's true. The Nuggets uh, also lost on Sunday night, so that helps. Uh, The Pelicans lost as well. So there wasn't a ton of ground made up on the Grizzlies in terms of trying to get ahead if you're Denver or make up space if you're New Orleans. Uh, The Grizzlies are several games in front of Sacramento for the two seed. Uh, four games in the loss column. But Sacramento is the current three seed in the Western Conference. So kudos to their new coach, Mike Brown. Uh, the remarkable job that Sacramento's doing. De'Aaron Fox looks like a whole new player this year. He's added a level to his game in terms of the mid-range and other forms of perimeter scoring. DeMontis Sabonis is the best rebounder. I still, I'm biased. I would still take Steven Adams. But in terms of physicality and collecting rebounds, 
DeMontis Sabonis is the best in the league at this time. And those two really do a phenomenal job offensively for the Kings. The Kings are one of the very best offensive teams in the entire NBA. They score 120 points per game, which is pretty impressive. They're actually first in the Western Conference in that area, which, again, they're just putting up buckets and buckets and buckets of points. They're the best in the entire NBA, in fact, offensively when it comes to points per game. They struggle defensively, though, and that is a major point of emphasis for Memphis trying to get their offensive woes corrected, and that's one of the best things about what happened in that Phoenix Suns game. Don't get me wrong. The first half was abysmal. If you recorded that game and you were, oh, maybe I'll watch it, let me save you, okay? Don't watch that game, at least not the first half. You can watch the second half. That'll give you hope for this game against the Kings. But the first half, not something that you really want to subject yourself to if you can avoid it. The fact that Memphis was able to get right offensively, the fact that the Grizzlies were able to come out and post two quarters consecutively of 35-plus points, 35 in the third quarter, 38 in the fourth against Phoenix, that is reason to be optimistic because the Kings are not as good defensively as Phoenix. The Kings don't have a set rim protector. They just don't. It's fairly easy to get to the bucket and score on the Sacramento Kings. As good as they are offensively, again, number one in the NBA, and points per game, they are that bad defensively, okay, or one of the worst defensively. They uh, give up 117 points per game. So that's not as bad as the San Antonio Spurs, for example, but it is comparable to what the Houston Rockets do on a night-in, night-out basis. And when you think then uh, the Houston Rockets, you don't think dominant defensive performances. So the fact that they don't have a set rim protector, Sabonis as a center, impacts that a good bit. And the fact that they don't have strong perimeter defenders outside of uh, Davion Mitchell, who comes in off the bench for them, that puts them in a difficult spot. They're not going to really be able to do things consistently that can help them on the defensive end of the court. But because of the fact that they are really, really good on offense, that enables them to have some success that perhaps they shouldn't be having. And they are going to be a team that is coming in rested, just like Memphis was against the against the Suns. In theory, that game should have gone a little bit better for Memphis than it did. It'll be the Kings coming off of a tough loss against the Philadelphia 76ers. Philly didn't play uh, Joel Embiid. They didn't play James Harden, but they still had some success. You know, Tyrese Maxey had a massive game, 32 points. Uh, You had a pretty strong showing from Tobias Harris. You had some good things from old friend DeAnthony Melton. But to make my point about bigs, Montrez Harrell, who was a good basketball player, but not what he was a few years ago when he was sixth man of the year running up and down the floor for, I believe it was the Clippers. Um, 17 points, seven rebounds, really strong showing for him. Other bigs that played in that game, guys like Tobias Harris, we mentioned seven for 13. The starting five for the Kings of De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Herter, uh, Keegan, Murphy, Keegan Murray, excuse me, Harrison Barnes, DeMontis Sabonis really, really, really good offensively. They can score in bunches. And all of those guys, except for Murray, who's a rookie and is a strong player in his own right, all of the other starters shot remarkably well against Philadelphia. Sabonis was 7 for 10. Harrison Barnes was 8 of 13. 11 of 19 from De'Aaron Fox. 8 of 12 from Kevin Herter. They can score, and they can do it in a variety of ways. Pretty impressive when you look at the points that they put up on a night-in, night-out basis. 
And Fox was nine for 10 from the free throw line. The Grizzlies continue to struggle from the charity stripes. So pointing out the strength of Fox in that area, maybe that'll give some good energy uh, moving forward. But beyond those guys, Malik Monk, three of 10 off the bench, nine points from Monk. Okay. The, the Kings bench, nine points from Monk, four from Rashawn Holmes, three from Davion Mitchell. Again, very good defender, but not as strong offensively. Two points from Trey Lyles and two points from Metu. Um, they're, uh, they're back up big. Holy Toledo. That means that the Kings had a vast majority of their scoring from their starters. That's exactly what happened. Harrison Barnes had 27. Darren Fox had 21. Herder had 20. Sabonis had 16. Murray had 13. The starting five is the key to the Sacramento Kings. If you are able to limit those guys and put them in positions where they are not as effective offensively, Monk is better than three for 10. I'm not saying that he's going to shoot that poorly all the time, but he is also not to the level of Fox and Herder. If you can keep those starters under control, under wraps, put them in the uh, the vice-like hold or grip of Dylan Brooks and Jaron Jackson Jr., and the Grizzlies can rediscover their defensive energy like they did in the second half against the Phoenix Suns. The Suns only scored 50 points in the second half. Much better showing than they had in the first half, 25 and 25, third and fourth quarter. The Suns scored 62 points in the first half. So again, better output. If the first half Grizzlies against Phoenix show up, the Kings are going to run the Grizzlies off the court, and it will be difficult, if not impossible, for Memphis to come back because of how good Sacramento is offensively. They struggle defensively, but once you get into that offensive rhythm, it's really hard to knock them out of it. The Grizzlies have to start faster. They have to do a much better job on the road of finding their footing. We'll see uh, what type of injury report updates happen throughout the day. Nothing really came out of the game that suggests that anybody would sit. But again, Desmond Bain coming back from injury. Maybe there's some guys that have some minute concerns within that Grizzlies medical staff. If everybody's active, because again, the only guy that was out was Danny Green going into the game against Phoenix. If everybody is active and ready to go, uh, nobody really logged. You know, John Moran played 37 minutes. That that was probably the biggest greater than average. Bain played 34. Adams played 33. Okay. So a few guys logged some time. But given the injury report, you would imagine that everybody, assuming that there wasn't anything that happened against Phoenix that we are unaware of, you would imagine that Memphis will ha- be close to full strength, if not full strength, Danny Green excluded, going against this Kings team. Can they maintain the momentum from that second half against Phoenix? Because that team would have beaten the Lakers handedly. That team wouldn't have had to worry about a comeback because the Lakers would have been down by 15 or 20 points. The way that Memphis played in the second half against Phoenix is some of the best ball they played on the road all year. They keep that energy. They find a way to stay in it until the final you know, couple minutes against the Kings, who are pretty good at home. No disrespect to Sacramento. They have the record they have. They're third in the West. This is going to be a tough one. If the Grizzlies from the second half against Phoenix show up, it should be a Memphis win, even with how good the Kings have been this season. Thanks for making Lockdown Grizzlies your first listen today. Now make your second listen game to game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. As I mentioned before, the next time that you have your 
podcast feeds open, your YouTube pages opened up. We will be uh, joined by DeMichael Cole. He will be flying solo on Tuesday's episode, talking about his trip out west so far, breaking down Grizzlies, Kings, and looking ahead to the final couple of games on this road trip. I will hopefully rejoin him on Wednesday's episode, and we'll be one big happy Locked On Grizzlies family once again. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for listening, watching on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, comment, subscribe, review, like, everything you can to help us continue to grow Locked On Grizzlies and to continue to get better as we grow Locked On Grizzlies. 2023 is going to be a very exciting year, not just for the Memphis Grizzlies, but for Locked On the entire network and Locked On Grizzlies in particular. I'm excited to be part of it. I'm excited that you're here with me on the Locked On Podcast Network with Locked On Grizzlies. Until next time, talk to you soon. Stay locked in. This is Joe Mullinax, and this is Locked On Grizzlies. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.